Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Needs a block on the kicker. He gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Enn and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. <laughs> I've missed that. I'm glad that's back. Dan Person throwing a football over that mountain. Welcome back, everybody. Collegiately speaking, uh, wrapping up, getting towards the end of the season right here. Happy Thanksgiving in advance. Dan Persa, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Same to you, Dave. And here we are in the, uh, the home stretch of the college football season. And we'd hope maybe this time of year we'd be talking about bowl projections and postseason plans. That's not happening. Uh, the Wildcats will be wrapping up their road schedule on Saturday in West Lafayette against a dangerous Purdue Boilermakers team that's still got hopes of winning the Big Ten West and playing just down the road in Indianapolis uh, two weeks from Saturday in the Big Ten Championship game. And then they will wrap it up against a, a team with hopes of playing there as well, the Fighting Illini, who first have a game at Michigan this week before they come up to Ryan Field for the rivalry game, the Land of Lincoln Trophy game, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Cats uh, fell to Minnesota last week, uh, 31-3, to up at Huntington Bank Stadium on a very cold day, and you knew both teams were going to want to run the football. That's what Minnesota does, so nothing really surprising about it, Dan. Not really. Uh, you'd hope the Northwestern offense played a little bit better, but uh, for for lack of consistency and a lot of injuries, they they really struggled again. Yeah, they uh, ended up playing four quarterbacks in that game uh, with uh, both uh, Brendan Sullivan and Ryan Helinski, the two guys who have, uh, over the course of the season, split the starting quarterback job, both leaving the game with injuries. And uh, we saw Cole Freeman come in. We saw Carl Richardson play. And uh, a lot of uncertainty about the position going into Purdue. No uncertainty, though, about Purdue's quarterback or their offense. Boy, they have been really good all year. Aiden O'Connell, and uh, they have the top receiver in the Big Ten, and Charlie Jones, the Iowa transfer out of Deerfield. And uh, this is going to be a very tough task for the Wildcats to uh, to stop Purdue on senior day at ross Age Stadium. Agreed. I think, uh, you know, hopefully the Northwestern secondary is up to the challenge. Frankly, they, that's probably one of their strengths. Uh, Purdue still can run the ball decently well, so Northwestern needs to be, you know, on alert there. But I think, you know, Aiden O'Connell has had another great year. And, and with the addition of Charlie Jones, they've really excelled, obviously, given their, their uh, prior relationship. You know, one thing that obviously the, the Wildcats were down them. A very important part of their defense last week with their mid-linebacker Bryce Gallagher out with an injury. Uh, but uh, he's expected back this week. Mac Uline, uh, the sophomore out of Lake Forest, made the first start of his college career. And actually, Dan, I, I thought he was playing pretty well there early in the game. But then he got called for targeting and was disqualified from the game. And uh, so all of a sudden... You're already playing a backup. Now you're playing the backups backup, and 
uh, try as they might, uh, it was it was just not that easy to stop that Minnesota ground attack with Mo Ibrahim and uh, Trey Potts and uh, Bryce Williams. Those guys get going, and it's it's tough to stop them. I agree. Yeah, and I think I think Eli played pretty well. He was really active. He played aggressive. Um, you know, the targeting call was a little bit questionable, but I, I understand why why they called it. Uh, it's it's a rule now, but I think I think overall he played really well. Um, and he's a guy that I think should see the see the field more based on you know that that um, that performance. So hopefully he gets a little bit more action against Purdue and and kind of start stirs up the defense in the linebacker room. You know, there's some guys playing on that defense who I think have played pretty well, uh, exceptionally well at times. Uh, Cameron Mitchell, certainly one of them. Uh, Rod Hurd, uh, especially with Coco Ozma out for the year, I think he's stepped in. I mean, he was, he's played a lot of football. It's It's not like this was new for him. But uh, he's really, I think, had a, a really strong year. A.J. Hampton's back now. And after missing much of the season with an injury, I think that certainly helps him. Jeremiah Lewis, the transfer from Duke, uh, the other safety, I think has has had a pretty good year. And you know, it's it's just too bad that uh, they've had those those plays that just when you think they have a team stopped or you got a guy stopped, uh, it's they've given up. They've had those momentary lapses and the uh, chunk plays that have really hurt them. And uh, so this is the kind of thing they're going to need to get fixed. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of standout players on the defense in general. Uh, and I, I think the front seven at times has broken down a little bit, and that's led to some things. And then to your point, they've had a couple of just weird bounces in the secondary that led to really big plays. So um, it, it's kind of a compounding of errors at, at some time. And, and when they're on the field a lot, if the, if the offense is doing well, is, is another issue. Uh, but no, I, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's, there's a couple, if not a handful of NFL players in that defense. And to your point, it's really just a shame they weren't able to come together as a unit a little bit more. Yeah, one of those guys up front, obviously, out of Tamo Adabare, selected for the Senior Bowl, which is uh, great for him. And, uh, you know, a guy who's had a standout career. Uh, with uh, 11, 11 and a half sacks, I think, and uh, 20 plus uh, tackles for loss over the course of his career. Let's uh, shift the focus a little bit. One of your predecessors playing the quarterback position for the Wildcats is joining us, Dan, guy who quarterbacked the Purple to Pasadena in 1995 in an absolutely unforgettable season. Uh, the uh, quarterback for the Cats that year and a guy who has stayed close to the program over the years as uh, steve schnur steve thanks for jumping on uh how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me it's good uh good to hear your guys voices so i know you have followed this team and you've lived and died with them like the rest of us have and just just your gut reaction to what you've seen this year on the field yeah it's been uh obviously it's been disappointing for for everybody um you know, it's, I uh, I made the trip over to Ireland like uh, like both of you guys did, and uh, came out of uh, came out of that country pretty fired up for the year, and and uh, you know it's been a it's been disappointing. It's been a you know a series of different setbacks that you guys certainly have, have talked about. Um, you know, I feel bad for them. I I know I do know what it's like to uh, to to be struggling like they are right now, and you know you just you just hope they find a way to to right the ship and. Uh, maybe in the season on a you know on, on, a, on an upward uh, track. 
Steve, thanks again for joining us. To, to your point about knowing how, how they felt, obviously you guys struggled a, a couple of years leading into the, the Rose Bowl season and then the, the back-to-back Big Ten championships. What were some of the things that you guys implemented, whether it's changes from personnel, coaching, or just attitude that really led to you know monstrous turnaround in those two years? Yeah, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, you look back and you think, you know, you, you want to try so many different things and, and get sort of get that recipe right and you know, at the end of the day, I think obviously some personnel changes um, helped. Um, I think really just guys stepping up from a leadership standpoint on a team and and really, you know, putting your foot down that, that we're, we're sort of done with, with the direction we're going. And, you know, you really need that. I mean, I you know, I look at I look at the team this year and you, you, you hope that a couple of those guys can can figure out a way to you know not not lose the team uh it you know it's hard you know you're coming up on the holidays guys are looking ahead going man i can't wait to get home and sleep in my bed and, and eat mom's turkey and uh kind of put this one behind us but you know you, you got to find a way to to, to keep battling and, and figure it out and they're they're hard uh they're, i don't think dan i don't think you went through uh went through any uh one or two uh three win seasons but um, they're 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 tough to tough to deal with, and and hopefully uh, hopefully guys got it in them to to right the ship. And Steve, that's the thing because you guys didn't have you had to to buy in. You had that belief without evidence, right? Uh, because there was no evidence that Northwestern was able to put a winning product out there. These guys who are playing now, there's plenty of evidence uh, from what they've seen over the past twenty what are we talking twenty seven years. Uh, plenty of bowl games, Big Ten West championships, three Big Ten championships. So, I mean, really, I would think they have less of a leap to make than you guys did in that summer of 1995. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement, right? I mean, it, it wasn't very long ago where, you know, I'm here in Indianapolis at well, it doesn't seem that long ago that I was I was there watching them battle Ohio State, uh, you know, the Big Ten championship with the, the year of COVID, right? And um, so, uh, you know, you've got that in your in your uh, in your memory as you're these guys, and you just got to keep keep battling. I mean, you know, but the the flip side of that is that you know Barnett was was great at at making statements that help you visualize, you know, the the surroundings you're in and. And he talked about you know this whole sort of whirlpool thing, right? And it, and I think there's a, there's a there's a tendency when you get in a situation like this to feel like you know you're sort of helpless and you're you're sort of stuck in everything you do just continues to you continue to be sucked down the drain, right? And um, that's where you really need leadership on the team to to step up and you know Fitz is doing everything he can and and I think trying to motivate these guys and I'm sure. Pleading with his with his senior class to and the the you know the older guys on the team to really step up and and make sure that guys you know buy into to what those what those positive you know positive memories are. I remember Gary Barnett making that drain reference after the Miami of Ohio game in 1995 because that was kind of the perfect storm, right? Everything yep. had to go so right for Miami to pull that game out after you guys were up by three touchdowns, I think, in the third quarter. And and from that point on, <laughs> that team took off and never looked back. And I kept waiting this season, Steve and Dan, 
after the win, and I came back from from Ireland after the Nebraska game, feeling the same way you did. I said, "Okay, well, this is this is a, a, a good way to start. Now you got a bye week, and now you got some teams coming in. Duke is payback for last year, and you've got." Uh, Southern Illinois, an FCS opponent, and and a MAC team, and Miami of Ohio, of course, and uh, and it just seemed like uh, there was maybe if if Evan Hall scores at the end of that Duke game and they make the two points and they go to overtime, maybe that's a season changer. You just you never know, right? When that could happen. Yep, yep, yep. yeah. You're exactly right, um, and I think I think a lot of us a lot of us Wildcat fans feel the same way, right? And. Uh, we had high expectations coming out of Ireland, and you know, and, and I think the best thing we can do as as fans is is not not give up on those expectations, right? I mean, I think when you're a program uh, like Northwestern, any any program in the Big Ten, you you want you want your fan base to to have high expectations for for the competitiveness of your team, right? And and uh, I think the worst thing that could happen is if Northwestern fans and uh, students and stuff, you know, change what they expect from that program because that's what the players need and that's the standard they need to, you know, they they need to achieve. Talking with Steve Schnur, quarterback for the Wildcats in the 1995 and 1996 Big Ten championship seasons. You played, you were teammates, co-captains with Pat Fitzgerald. Um, so you know as well as anybody what makes this guy tick and as positive as he is publicly uh talking about his team how much he loves this team and 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 how much uh he he believes in them and and tries to stay upbeat how much is is a season like this eating away at him yeah, i i'm sure it hurts right uh i i keep in pretty good contact with Fitz, and i try to try to do it more around family and life than than football just because i'm i'm sure uh i'm sure the break gets a lot is, of that <laughs> he gets plenty of that right but um you know and, and and people have asked me before you know and i said look no one is more apparent of their shortcomings and their record and the the agony that we're all going through than than, than pat is right um fits leaves it you know bleeds it um breathes it loves it and I think, uh, you know, I think he recognizes that obviously there's, you know, things have to, things have to change. Right. And, and I think he's trying to figure out that, that right recipe, uh, both from a chemistry and, and, you know, attitude and sort of outlook as well as, you know, personnel stuff. So, um, you know, I'm sure it'll be a tough, tough, uh, off season for him to, to kind of try to put all that together. But, um, yeah, I have all the faith in the world of, uh, with, with him and, and that, you know, he's got, uh, he's got Wildcat fans best, best interest at heart. Steve, final question. And we appreciate your time. Uh, you've, you've had a chance to watch this team. Uh, I think a lot of people have been impressed lately with what they've seen from Brendan Sullivan. What are your thoughts on, on Sullivan? And I mean, where do you think they go as far as quarterback in the future? You know, I, I really liked uh, watching Brendan play. I, I, I reached out to him uh, when when he was named the starter and uh, offered my my, my ancient uh, words of wisdom to him, which uh, was word all that I guess eloquent. But um, you know, I, I think uh, I think he's been playing well. Look, at the end of the day, I you know my my advice, and again, it's not anything earth shattering. My advice to him is 
just do the simple things well, right? And and little things lead to big things, right? Don't turn the ball over. Make positive plays. Get first downs. You know, as you build, as as that stuff builds, your confidence builds, and and bigger things will come off of that, right? And um, and he needs help around him, right? I, I I think it's not just on the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback always gets uh, either gets either gets a lot of blame or gets a lot of praise and. Um, you know, I'm sure Dan would would admit uh, it's it's as much about the guys around you doing doing great things or 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 you know or not doing great things that 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 reflect on how you how you perform. Well said. Just to confirm, in a in a foot race between you and Persa, who would who would have won? Uh, does he still have a busted Achilles or no? Because if, if his Achilles is healed, he's got me all day long. He might he might run the forty down and back before I finish. But uh, you know, but but, but, I, but I think I'm taller than Dan. Taller. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Hey, Steve, great catching up with you. Always a pleasure. And uh, all right, you guys, you guys too. Go Cats! Uh, we'll be watching this this uh, this weekend. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Steve. Take care. Take Thank care. You. That Thank is you. Steve Schnurr. A great player he was for the Wildcats in the mid-90s, leading them to the Rose Bowl in uh, in Pasadena. And I was only I was only kidding. Steve was, you know, it was such an interesting team to watch because you had that the great defense, led the nation in scoring defense and taking the ball away all the time, and Fitz was National Defensive Player of the Year. Then you had Darnell Autry, a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, and yet, and Dwayne Bates, great wide receiver, tremendous offensive line, uh, great, uh, great defensive line. And, and here was Steve Schnurr just, just coolly, ca- calmly moving this team up and down the field, whether it was handing it off to Darnell or, or completing passes to Bates and the tight end, Darren Drexler and other guys, Dave Beasley. And yet, he almost was like, even though he was all Big Ten, he wasn't the guy who got most of the attention on that team. Yeah, but I think the, the thing that people, I mean, you probably remember, Dave, but the folks uh, that didn't watch this closely or were younger like me uh, don't probably realize it's just they always made, and Steve specifically, always made the big plays when they had to. Absolutely. Right? They made the big throw. They made yeah. the big catch. You know, they when they were down, they made the, the big drive. They just seemed unflappable. And I think that's something that's probably more important than any, any physical talent or, you know, thing that a, a quarterback can do is just stepping up and, and having nerveless steel when it really, really matters. And, you know, you could probably count on one hand the, the people that, that can do that in the Big Ten right now and, and those that can, you know, win the Big Ten and win games. So I think that was that was always the biggest thing when I watched replays of those games, just seeing when it really mattered, they always made the play. Like, then it wasn't a 50-50 toss that they always made the play. Well, there's been a lot of talk about What's going to happen now after a season in which you've, you've lost a, a minimum of nine games? Hopefully, they can they can end it there. But uh, it's it's obviously been a very disappointing season, and there have been questions about changes uh, potentially around the program. And uh, this past week, it is regular Monday uh, Zoom call with the media. Uh, that question was was put to Pat Fitzgerald by. Louis Vacare, who covers the Cats for uh, Rivals.com for the Wildcat Report. So here was the question, and I thought a very uh, thoughtful response 
from Northwestern's head coach. Question is, you know, do you feel the need to make drastic changes to turn things around right now, or will there be tweaks, or do you think changes are not necessary at all? Yeah, I think that's a fair question, and I think it would be something that I'll look into after the season. I think right now my focus is finishing the season uh, off Number one, for our seniors, um, you know, I think that as a coach, your job is to do everything you can to help them go out the right way. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Obviously, two games left. We got, you know, after practice this morning, we got nine days, you know, that are guaranteed or whatever it is together or, or whatever. 13, I don't know, excuse my math. I don't want to insult anybody in the econ department I took classes with. But, um, you know, and I'll look at all those things. I go through, you know, a macro evaluation of everything. Um, I kind of do that. Uh, throughout the year and then I do the same things micro-wise but yeah we've got to be better across the board it starts with me and um, you know incredibly disappointed uh, in, in the outcome and in the results of our games uh, there's no question about that and you know ultimately I'm the one who's responsible for that and to create that uh, positive change get back to where we've been and competing for championships and winning bowl games it, 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 that improvement it's got to start with me and that's been my focus as I've tried to go through and trying to push the right buttons motivationally trying to Make sure we're putting the right things together schematically, um, you know, here in, in, the, in, this, in, the, in the micro in this year uh, and each week because each week is a little bit different. It's its own separate entity. It's its own season. You know, your roster is different because of injuries and, uh, you know, performances and, you know, just kind of where things are at. And then who you're playing, uh, you know, dictates some of that. But, you know, some of those, you know, big picture things will be things that I'll look at, you know, after the season and, you know, do what I think we have to do to make sure we get our program back to where we all want it to be. Uh, and that's to be competing for championships and, and, and playing the way that we've we've played here during my time, which I'm very proud of, frankly. Uh, I'm very proud of the guys that I've had the privilege of coach and uh, the guys I've had the privilege of work with. And same thing with this group. I'm, I'm bitterly disappointed that we haven't been able to help them get the wins that we all want, but uh, absolutely love the group. They're a terrific group of young people that I think have an incredibly bright future. All right, so that was the response from Pat Fitzgerald on Monday to a question about changes in the program. And I, and I think a fair a fair statement, Dan, because, I mean, after all, he's not going to come out, especially with two games remaining, and say, we're going to change X, Y, and Z. You know, we, we still have some football to play this year, but that doesn't mean that he's not uh, thinking about what steps he has to take, and that's the job of the head coach. Look, it's not easy, but when things aren't going well, uh, you do have to look at it's like the CEO of any major corporation, right? And that's kind of what football is right now and what a head coach's job is, and he's going to have to take a look at all that stuff. Yeah, I agree, and I think Steve made a great point about just the overall expectations, right? Steve and his, his, uh, his teammates raised the bar, and, and you know, folks, folks continue to, to push that envelope with, with Clayton Thorson, bring us back to, to the Big Ten Championship, and then the team in 2020 playing really well. But I think I, there's expectations, though. You know, you, you can't have two bad seasons like this, um, embarrassingly bad, in, in my opinion, and not make changes. So I think, I think you know, he'll, he'll take a hard look at it. If he, if he doesn't make changes, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that are unhappy, uh, just because there needs to be accountability uh, for a program that, that a lot of people have worked really hard to, to bring up and, and stabilize. Well, uh, at this point, it's time to get to our prediction of the week. Super Joe's prediction, always one of the highlights of Collegiately Speaking. Joe, you ready? You know it. All right, let's go. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super, Super Joe's, Joe's Predictions. 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 
The losing streak is so high, we don't even want to say what number it's at. No, so, that's not important. Uh, I think what everybody needs to know is uh, when you're on a losing streak like this in betting, you just you find money wherever you can get it and continue to bet. Uh, that's just the way it is. You got to just <laughs> dive deeper and deeper. Yep. Right? Where are you diving? Um, I'm actually, I'm so frustrated with how this has been going. I'm going to go out west. I'm not even going to pick a Big Ten game. I'm going out to the Pac-12. The Utah Utes are catching two points against the Oregon Ducks, who uh, just got upset by the Washington Huskies. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some question about whether Bo Nix is going to be playing. Uh, The Utah Utes are actually tops in the Pac-12 in pass defense, giving up just over 200 pass yards a game. Uh, Whether that's Bo Nix in there or the backup, I think uh, they handle them. It's in Eugene, so it's a a tough place to play, regardless of whether it's a first or second string quarterback. But I think the uh, the Utes um, hang in there and uh, maybe even pull off the uh, the, uh, outright upset against the Ducks. All right. All right. I like that going... uh out to the West Coast, going out to Pac-12 country. That's, Maybe I should have stayed out there all year. Well, not physically, no. <laughs> but uh, the Big Ten, I'll tell you what, your Michigan Wolverines uh, at home this week against the Fighting Illini, who at this point really need to turn things around quickly. And nobody's really expecting them to go into Michigan Stadium and win, which means that their hopes are going to come down to beating the Wildcats at uh, Ryan Field in two weeks in the Land of Lincoln Trophy game. But yeah, is, is Michigan, are are they getting stronger as the season's going along? Because it kind of seems that way. Yeah, they're still putting some things together. I think people in Ann Arbor are nervous about the, the downfield passing game, uh, but the running game really, uh, you, you have so much confidence in Heisman Trophy candidate Blake Corum, who, just, who seems to go for 150 and two scores every week. Uh, you know, obviously the coaching staff and everybody who's been there, the there's no longer the monkey on the back uh, they, after beating the Buckeyes in Ann Arbor last year. Um, they're, they're, I don't think they're as fearful of the, of the, uh, the scarlet and gray. Um, so right now it's all about just staying healthy, both teams, um, you know, getting through this week and putting together, you know, another top three, top, top two matchup like they'd had in back in uh, 2006. It should be, should be fun undefeated going for the, uh, the, the trip to Indy next week. Well, a crazy Big Ten West picture, and I guess we're not all that shocked by it, Dan, but you look at the Big Ten West standings and it's, it's really a shame for the Wildcats that they couldn't have won a uh, couple of these games where they were in the game with a chance to win it because they'd be they they'd have a shot going into the final week, which I don't know how expected that would have been. But uh, the you look at um, Illinois suddenly now has dropped two in a row. Purdue is there. Uh, Iowa off their win over Wisconsin. They're right there. Minnesota's right there, and and Wisconsin's right on their heels. So it really makes for an interesting final two weeks of the season, and uh, we'll see what happens. Because I mean, is is Wisconsin going to stumble against Nebraska? I I don't think so. You never know. That Iowa Minnesota winner is in good shape. If Purdue beats the Wildcats on Saturday. They put themselves in in a very good position, so it's really uh, it's great finish to the season. Even though it may not be the most aesthetically pleasing uh, look at the uh, standings that we've seen. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's certainly a, a muddy mess. But refresh my memory, Dave. If, if Iowa and, and Purdue both were on the table, would Iowa go because they have the tiebreaker over Purdue? Correct. I believe that is correct. Yes. 
Yeah, I think Iowa leads the least. Uh, excuse me, needs the least amount of help. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. Okay, and, and, I, yeah, and I mean, Illinois obviously has those tiebreakers, but now they've put themselves kind of behind the eight ball. But as in terms of head to head, they've they've beaten Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue. So. Yeah, that's that's why they were in such great shape before losing these two games at home. Well, I'm sorry right. they didn't they didn't beat Purdue. They lost to Purdue. They'd beaten the other three. So yeah, certainly certainly uh, interesting interesting final final read out of the standings. But I agree. I think this is just one of those years that you wish Northwestern was more competitive because they would have been right in the mix there. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's a it's an opportunity that is a shame that they missed. Well, we'll see what they do on Saturday at uh, in West Lafayette, and uh, then they'll come home and finish up the home schedule next week. Uh, I'm off to Mexico with a basketball team, so this is going to do it for Collegiately Speaking uh, for this season. Dan, always enjoy working with you on this. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, working might be the wrong term, but uh, you uh, you do a great job with this, and you're, it's great to get your insight and your perspective and uh, hopefully when we're sitting around talking like this next season, we'll be talking about a much brighter outlook for the Wildcats. Agreed. Thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, you guys make it really easy, especially you, Dave. Uh, so enjoy the holidays. Have fun in Mexico. I'm definitely jealous there, and hopefully everybody, everybody has a great holiday. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thanks also to Super Joe Romano for his predictions and his producing all season. And, um it's been fun, Joe. It's been fun doing this. Sure know? has, Dave. I right? can't wait to see what you get me from Mexico. I well, I will uh, do my best to. Uh, I'll see if they have any uh, Utah Utes T-shirts for sale down there. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and thanks also to Steve Schnur for joining us today. For Dan Persa, I'm Dave Ennett. You've been listening to Collegiately Speaking. Thanks for joining us all season long, and we'll talk to you next fall.